Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. This episode is airing on Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. This is Shannon, and I'm back with you for another Tuesday morning episode. Today, I have an interview with author Karen White, and I am always delighted to have her on the show. We talk about the second book in her Royal Street series. So if you are a fan of her Trad Street books and have been curious about the spinoff, you should definitely check this out. At the end of the interview, of course, I'll be back to talk about some of this week's new books. So let's get started with the housekeeping information, and then we will get right into the episode. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Book Bistro Podcast. There we have our usual Facebook page where we keep track of our Wednesday reads and also post information about the Friday episodes. We also have a Facebook listener group that you're welcome to join. And if you prefer a different type of listener group, you can contact us and ask about our WhatsApp group. Both groups are pretty small, not super high traffic, and we would love to have you. If you want to get in touch with us off of social media, you can do so by sending an email to thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for our main hosting page where you can find information on the podcatchers that make Book Bistro available to you, you can find that information in our show notes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am delighted to welcome Karen White back to the podcast. And when I say Karen White, I do mean the author, not the audiobook narrator, um, uh, who for the longest time I thought were the same person. A lot of people do. Until I realized they weren't. <laughs> But we are here today to talk with Karen about her novel, The House on Britannia, which came out back in May. So Karen, welcome to Book Bistro, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, you've been here a couple of other times. It's always fantastic to have you. So can we start with a brief introduction to the house on Britannia so that listeners have a bit of an idea what to expect if they haven't read it yet? Sure. So this is the second book in my new New Orleans set Royal Street series. Um, You don't need to have read the first book, uh, The Shop on Royal Street, to know what's going on in the house on Britannia. I do fill you in a bit. Um, uh, it, it follows the, the main character. Her name is Nola Trenum. She's a uh, 26-year-old young woman who has um, had kind of a difficult start, and she is eager. She has moved from Charleston, South Carolina, to start a new um, a new life in New Orleans. She works as a, a historical um, um, architect uh, architect for a mechanical, excuse me, civil engineering firm. 
And she has a graduate degree in historic preservation. So of course, the first thing she does when she moves to New Orleans is to buy a house. Um, unfortunately, the house she um, feels connected to is an old Creole cottage in the Maroney neighborhood of New Orleans. And um, it is this side of the wrecking ball, but she thinks that she can handle the renovation. Of course she can, but with friends. And that's how we meet this charming cast of characters, including her best friend, Jolene, who's in charge of um, 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 all the social media and also uh, for the renovation. And also Bo Ryan, who is sort of, um, I guess you could call him a romantic interest, but not really. He's very not available. Um, but he also happens to have the lovely ability to see and speak to ghosts, which she finds necessary because in her beautiful new home that she is eagerly restoring comes with a few hangers on and one is a very not so nice one who is desperate to hide a very dark secret oh yeah a little spooky like you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, I there, love there the new a paranormal so. element but as i like ah, to yes. tell people these are definitely character driven books and that the paranormal element is definitely secondary to everything else that's going on in nola's life I love the New Orleans setting. I have never been in person, but I've always just been really fascinated by the culture there and all the delicious food and great music and just the whole atmosphere, I think, lends itself so well to like being the, the prime setting for a book. Agreed. Agreed. I went to Tulane, so I lived there for four years, really got... Um, a good handle on the city. It's such a remarkable city. Of course, that was before Katrina. Um, and then Katrina happened. And now we're in the post-Katrina era, which is very interesting to sort of dissect and see what's different, what's changed, what's what's next. Um, it's a very much a vibrant city again. So it's been kind of a busy time for you. I know that um, normally I interview like right around publication date a bit before, but we are here about a month and a half post-publication yeah. <laughs> this time. What you happened? were yeah, you were uh, you were book touring, I believe. Yes, yes. I'm I'm finally back. I do have like a, a short little, you know, four-day leg up in the northeast, but that's not until August. So uh, and so how was it to be traveling about once again? Well, you know, it's great and it's lovely, um, you know, seeing my readers. That really is the main reason why I do what I do is um, I love talking books with people, especially with people who who believe that the characters they've read that I've written are as real to them as they are to me. That is like the best yes. thing. Um, so I yes. really, really had, I had a good time. I, I met a lot of readers. It was, uh, you know, um, um, a good turnout at, at my events, uh, which is really encouraging. So, yeah, all good. How are you finding sort of the transition from, you know, all the virtual kind of events we were doing a couple of years ago to now being back it's, doing the? Oh my gosh. Yes. It's, <laughs> so I was very lucky actually in 2022, um, I went on like my first big tour since uh, COVID uh, for the final book in my previous series, the Tragic Street series. And that was for the, the house on, um, excuse me, the attic on Queen Street. And that came out in November of 
20, oh, excuse me, 2021. Wait, was that 2021? Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, yes. Yeah, so I went on tour for that and that was amazing. And then the following March, March of 2022, I went on tour again for the first book in the New Orleans series. And then in May of 2022, I went on tour again for um, um, the Lost Summers of Newport, which is a collaboration I do with Beatrice Williams and Lauren Willig. Um, so yeah, that was like three back-to-back tours. So I was like pretty exhausted by the end of that. So I was kind of happy that it was a year until until this tour. Um, so, um, but yeah, in-person events, hands down, are so much more um, uh, vibrant and important uh for for authors and for you know really getting the you know the books out there into readers hands i just don't think the virtual thing does it for people so as one of the most introverted people on the face of the planet i have to say that i was absolutely in love with virtual events mm-hmm. um because nice i not could... having to get dressed that's for sure yes and i could you know, hear all these authors and have a chance to, you know, kind of get to know them a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to be in a giant crowd of people, which COVID or, you know, no COVID right. um, is, is my sort of MO uh, of right. life, like avoid. Right. Yeah. I only like being in crowds when they're there to see me. Otherwise I avoid them <laughs> truly. When they're there to see you. Yeah, true. Well, that, that's I can fair. get behind that. Yeah, that, that's fair. I'm I'm not sure uh, that I would enjoy crowds, even even in that in that sense. Um, but that's okay. That's why everyone is not like a huge introvert. Mm. So, how is it for you writing the New Orleans series now, Royal Street, which is kind of a, a spinoff of your Trad Street? You know, oh, we, we knew Nola yeah. mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in from your Trad Street books. So, do you feel kind of a different energy writing this, or does it kind of feel, you know, like you're in a very familiar place? Like, how how is that? Um, and, and it's weird because I do feel like I'm in a very familiar place. Um, it is a different city, but again, I know New Orleans um, and and I know Nola. You know, she was she was introduced at the end of the second book in the Trad Street series um, when she's like 13 years old. And when we leave her in the last book, she's 18. So um, I, I've seen her grow up. Uh, and um, so I love her. I really know her. And I mean, she doesn't have the ability to see ghosts like her stepmother, who is the main character in the Trad Street series, um, which makes it really interesting. But she also has some, you know, some her own demons that she's trying to um, eradicate. She is a recovering alcoholic, um, which makes it very interesting because it, it, it says a lot about her that she would choose to start her new life in New Orleans, which is, you know, the den of... Uh, <laughs> you know, every, every, uh, deadly sin. Right. Yes. And, um, but because she wants Mardi Gras. to herself, to her family and also to herself that she can do it. So, so we have that added element to it uh, that we didn't see in the first series that I really love. 
um, and it's really fun to work with. And um, also, you know, and, and, and um, you know, she's 26 years old. So she's at a really fun age. You know, she's not dating anyone, but, you know, there will be people who will come into her orbit that m could possibly, you know, who, who's she going to end up with, you know? Um, and I will, no spoiler here, but um, towards, I guess, the middle or the beginning middle of the House of Britannia, um, uh, someone does come in uh, to her life. And he was actually sort of a, a you know, sort of a, a, a small character in the first series. And we, we don't see him for like the second half of the series, but um, he appears again in, because uh, fans were writing to me, you know, what happened to Cooper? Ah. <laughs> I want to see more of Cooper. And I'm like, okay. So in this book, so I've brought him to New Orleans. So we'll see what happens between him and Nolo. Who knows? Who knows? Well, see, now there is the question. Do you know? Oh, no. Or I know nothing. I know. Oh. I don't know anything. For instance, when I was writing the first book in the series, everybody's favorite secondary character is Jolene McKenna, who is from the Mississippi Delta. And her, um, um, uh, she's like, every, she's literally everybody's favorite character. She um, is Nola's roommate and um, and also works for Bo. Uh, so there's that connection there. And actually she and Jolene and Nola were roommates at Tulane the first semester that um, um, uh, Nola was in college. So they go back, they have a story, but we don't, I didn't know that Nola would need a friend. And I'm writing the shop on Royal Street and I'm at the end of the first chapter and the chapter ends with the sound of breaking glass and a woman screaming. And when I wrote that, I had no idea what was happening in the next chapter. But when yeah. I start the next chapter, there's Jolene. She's standing there in the room <laughs> and she is fully formed and she opens her mouth and she sounds just like my cousin Gwen, who is from Mississippi. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool character. I can't wait to explore more. So, um, so no, I don't know. I have no idea where my books are going until... I write them. So even when we're talking about a series, then like you don't really know kind of how the series will end up. Like you're not writing toward a, a goal of something that you like perceive as sort of the end point. No, kind of kind of ridiculous, isn't it? So I will say that when I for the first series, right, I um it was only going to be two books. And then when the first book came out, my publisher said, actually, can you make it four books? And so then I had, you know, I was finishing the series at book two. So then I had to come up with a hook at the end of book two. And that's how we meet Nola. She appears at the end. Ah, yes. And then, and then, you know, then I wrote three and four and I kind of cleaned it up, but then I thought I'm not really ready to end the series. So then I added sort of a little, um, uh, an epilogue that sort of opened up a whole new can of worms. And luckily my publisher is like, okay, do you want to write three more? And I said, yes. Yeah. So then, but by the time I got to that seventh book, I knew that was going to be the end. So then I could tie it all up, but I didn't know in the earlier books and thank goodness, because they kept on wanting more books. So I couldn't end yes. this book. Right. So right now I'm contracted for, um, a total of four books in the new series. Um, so I'm keeping that in mind, but I'm also keeping in mind that they might want more books. And I hope right. they want more books. You don't know what will happen. I know. So, <laughs> so you know, that's I'm creative. I can figure out, you know, ways to, to, to torture Nola for years and years and years if readers and my publisher 
um, want me to. So do you find it difficult when you're writing in a series to like sort of not write yourself into a corner that later like you like how how do you deal with sort of the the continuity issues of writing a series when you don't necessarily know how things are supposed to end up well if i if i want to go in a certain direction i i will have to go back and look at the previous books to see um see if it's possible because that's right what once a book is published what has happened is written in stone. You cannot right. change. <laughs> so, but you know, that kind of, that's like the only guide I have for these books is what I've already written. So, um, so that's something. And, and for this, and it's funny because um, like in the first series, I was very ambiguous with dates because the first book came out in 2008. The last book came out in 2021. Yes. Um, but many more, you know, but but it wasn't consistent with the timing of the books, right? Right. So um, I was very ambiguous with, with those dates. However, with the New Orleans series, there is one given, and that is Hurricane Katrina. It was August of 2005, and things happened during Katrina that affect the series. Um, Bo's parents, both of them disappeared during Katrina. Nobody knows what happened to them. However, he is followed by a set of wet, uh, a woman's set of wet footprints that everyone thinks was his mother. Um, So, you know, yeah. So, so I have to make sure that whatever happens, you know, I have to remember that 2005 is, you know, that sort of, you know, written in cement. I can't change that. So I have to make sure like, his age when his mother disappeared, Bo's age when his mother disappeared versus his age now, you know. Um, oh, yes. Make sure that I'm consistent with that timing, which was just a challenge for me because I, I like being vague when it comes to dates and things like that because it's really hard for me to keep track of. I imagine that that is something that authors are facing now as they kind of decide what they're going to do about COVID yes, in the worlds that they create. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Yeah. It, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare out there. Uh, you know. Um, although I hear that people are, are now that we're moving away from, you know, year wise, we're in 2023, um, that there have been m- more books now where you know, or they use COVID as a plot, you know, like yes. during COVID because, you know, you could get away with stuff that you couldn't get away with before when people expected to see you every day at work. Well, if you don't show up at work, nobody's going to question it because nobody was showing up at work. Right. right. Everyone's working from home. So yeah. what are you doing while you're working exactly. from home? Perhaps exactly. something bad. Yeah. Are you burying somebody in your backyard? Nobody would know. <laughs> so no, and we weren't socializing. Yeah, yeah. In we were all going a little ways. crazy. Yes, so yeah. you could be doing all kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the first book I read that featured COVID was a Karen Slaughter thriller, mm. and I was just amazed at how well she integrated it into the plot without actually making it a quote unquote covid book. Right. Right. Um, you know, it wasn't a book about COVID, but it was happening during the time of the pandemic. Right. And so she just did such a great job of sort of weaving it in 
mm-hmm. and using it to her advantage, you know, when, when it would work, right. but also just making it like an extra thing that her character right. and not like, yeah. And not like this is about COVID. I agree. Right. And I think, and I think that's, you know, I welcome books like that because it is sort of a, you know, it's, it's, it was a very interesting time and we all were there. It's not like we don't know the circumstances, right? Well, um, we know. So, yeah. I think I, I, I applaud that. I'm so glad because I don't think it should be taboo. It happened, you know, let's, you know, we, we have to deal with that. So um, um, yeah, that um, yeah. So what is next for you? Like, I know that you said you're contracted for a couple of more books in Mm -hmm. your Royal Street series, Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of what else is on your horizon? What can we look for? So um, in September of 2024 is the next collaboration. Um, Yay! Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. I can't share anything. I love those. Can't share anything with you right now, except that it will be out in September 2024 and that it is set in Scotland. That's all I'm allowed to say. Um, we are so excited about this book. We've loved all of our books, but this one is a special, um, even more special. Um, and then in 2025, I should have two books out. Um, one will be the third book in the New Orleans series. And, um, and then also I will have a new single title coming out set, uh, another Southern women's fiction also coming out in 2025. I don't have titles. I don't have, um, specific dates yet, but that's why you tell people sign up for my mailing list. So you don't miss anything. Ah, yes. Well, I always ask at the end of the podcast, like where people can find you online. So definitely make sure to let people know how to sign up for that, because I think that is super important, especially when we're talking about things that are coming out, right? you know, next year and the year after. It always kind of creeps me out when people tell me they know what they're doing in 2025. And I'm thinking, I know, like, right? I don't even I know. know what I'm doing like next week. Yeah, um, no. or I'm, I don't how... know what I'm doing in an hour. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, I do. I get to talk to Hazel Gaynor. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I do know what I'm doing in an hour, but that is, that is beside the point. Um, But it always just like feels like, wow, you know, obviously you have to know because of the work you do, but I'm just like, oh, like that's such, such planning that I could never have. Yeah. I mean, look how, yeah. Look, look how I write my books where I don't know where the next chapter is going. So it's like, it's true, but you know, you know I have like three calendars showing me different things. So I know what I'm doing because otherwise I just, I lose it. So. I do have to say regarding your collaborations, each time I read one, I'm just like, okay, this one, this one is the best. Like it, it can't get better than this. Aww. And then they, they just keep getting better than the previous one. And so I can never choose a favorite. Like the, it keeps, it keeps changing. Oh, no. I, and, and, and I, I love to hear that because obviously our, our goal writing together and individually, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, reinvent the wheel each time you want to create something new and exciting and different. And, you know, we approach our books, our individual books and our collaborations the same way. Whereas we want to write the kind of book that we want 
we would want to read. Um, yes. and we don't want to read the same thing. So, you know, we're really all across the board. If you look at the books we've written, they're all very different, you know? Yes, they are. We have one set on Lusitania. We have one set in a, you know, a, a building in New York City. We have one, yeah, I mean, all time periods, you know, all the ways we say goodbye, World War One, World War II, oh, yes. uh, 1960s, um, France, you know, France, Paris, France. And um, and this one's Scotland. And it's all three are contemporary time period. So, right. um, uh, so it's, you know, we just, we just try because we don't want to write the same thing because it's boring. And if you're writing boring, then the reader will be bored. So we want to keep it exciting and new. And that's why we always, you know, work to do something very fresh and different that we have not done before. Is it hard to write with two other people? Like, is that sort of a Oh, a no, complex... that's the most fun thing ever. And, it, and if I had my druthers, I would never write a book all by myself ever again because it's so hard. But writing with two other people where when you have a question, you, you know, you've got two people have your back and um, it's wonderful. And you get to, you know, because when you're plotting, but you're like, well, what if I do this? And you ask that question and it's like crickets. But when right. you're working with two other authors, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, let's, you know, we can do this and this. And I mean, it's this wonderful collaboration. I just, it's, it's amazing. Well, I will definitely be looking forward to the 2024 collaboration because I'm just always amazed at how each book is better than the one well, before. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. So now I get to ask you my favorite question, and that is, what have you read recently that you want the world to know about? Oh, wow. So I'm a little late in, uh, in the game, but I just finished uh, The Great Alone by Kristen oh. Such an amazing book. Um, and actually, I, I will say I, I bought it in hardcover when it came out because I, I, I love her books, and I just have not had a lot of time to read. So while I was on book tour, that was my audiobook. Um, Julia Whalen. Oh, so, as the narrator, so good. So good. So good. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, because I, again, because I, I travel so much, you know, audio has really, because, you know, the um, state troopers frown on you reading a book while you're driving. Um, you know. Oh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they do. Yes. So, you know, audios are a good, good alternative, although I prefer, you know, the print page, but sometimes I, you know, that's the only way I can, I can actually re read a book. Um, and, and that just, it blew me away. And, um, and so now I've got, and, but I'm in the middle right now of re and it's not even out yet. Um, so it's, it'll be out in another week and a half is Beatrice's new book, uh, the beach <gasps> of Summerlee blown oh. away. I, I love it. Love it. Love it. I can't like, I wish I didn't have to write because all they want to do is sit down and finish that book. So, um, yeah. And you know, because I'm special, I'm her friend. I got an early copy, but that it's the beach at Summerlee. It comes out in a week and a half. Yeah. I have been coveting that oh, um, yeah. since it's I good. saw it. Is since so I good. saw its blurb. I was like, Oh yeah, I need this. Yeah. 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 So it's coming out. You'll see it. It'll be everywhere. It's got a great. Cover. I will. I Cause it'll it. be yeah. what? Like the 27th, I think. I, I think so. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. She, yeah, she's going to be staying with me cause she's doing her launch event here in Atlanta. So she'll be staying with me. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I want to thank you so much as I always do for taking time out of what sounds like an extraordinarily busy schedule to chat with me and give me some updates on what you're doing and how you've been. I just really, really appreciate your time. Well, likewise, Shannon, I do appreciate it. Thank you for spending the time to talk with me. 
you're welcome. And can you let listeners know the best place to find you online? Yes, um, definitely check out my website, karen-white.com. Um, and at the top, well, that definitely, that's where you would click on the, you know, join my mailing list link. Um, so you're updated and also all of my social media links are there. I'm very active on Instagram and um, Facebook. Oh, let's talk about Instagram. We have to do it. Do you describe your Instagram photos? Do I describe them? No, I just say, <gasps> you know, and it really depends because they're all different. Obviously, if I'm just, you know, if I, if I just do a publicity post, like I'll say, Hey, I spoke with Shannon Dyer, you know, um, book bistro, here's a link to the interview kind of thing. Then that, that's all I'll say. But if it's like a picture of my dog wearing something, I'll, I'll explain what they're looking at. So does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So basically like, do you do it in the alt text or do you just write it in your post? So I have a Jen Zier who helps me with my social media and I just plug everything into a big social media calendar or where I send her the graphics and then I tell her what it's about and then she does the magic. So ah. I don't even know. Okay. Well, I would, it, it does. <laughs> I would just always, always urge authors. My, my goal is to make the book world just a little bit more accessible um, sure. one author at a time. And so I'm always urging people to just be aware that not everyone can see photographs okay, and can, or can see them, but doesn't always interact well with visual information. Gotcha. And mm -hmm. so a brief description of what is in a photo can make that like so much more accessible and rewarding to people who can't interact with photos. I don't know how many times I go on Facebook and I see something that says image may contain tree and sky. Oh, well, that's so helpful. Like, what? Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> like, that's not useful to me. But when someone says, you know, oh, I'm taking a picture of, you know, this, like in my garden and, you know, it looks, you know, there's right. this and this planted, like, right. then at least I can say, oh, okay. Like that, you know, that's cool. I have an idea of what right. people are, are yeah, showing. Well Okay, that I'll, I'll keep that in mind. But I, I will say that when I'm just doing merely social posts like that, where I'm talking about like, oh, my gosh, look what I found in my bird feeder today or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and then I'll say, oh, my God, these are two full size, you know, bar barred owls that I found yes. in my, my bird feeder. But I, you know, I'll say that. So because I assume most people don't even know what they are. So um, right. or, or where it is. So I, I, I think I do that naturally anyway. If it's a book signing, I mean, it's basically me with people mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, at, at such and such location. Um, so those I'm probably less descriptive about, but certainly things like, you know, just my, my day-to-day -day stuff. Um, and I will mention that to my Gen Zer, um, because she's going to help Sophie um, um, when I'm away on vacation. Uh, Sophie's going to do an Instagram takeover, and Sophie's my dog. Um, so it will be very descriptive. Um, yes, like, yes. Make sure um, we have lots of good, like Sophie descriptions. Yes, because she's yeah, yeah, <laughs> and she's flipping cute. So she's yeah, she's going to ask for payment, but you know. Oh yeah. Kibble. Yeah. She'll get kibble, extra kibble because she oh, just, well, kibble's good. Mm -hmm. A new squeak me. toy, perhaps. Oh, another, does she need another squeeze toy? No, absolutely. <laughs> my house, I have to hide them. Oh my gosh. It takes so long to hide them because she drags them all over the house and then I step on them and then it's just, you know, 
she needs a squeak toy the cats you know my cats always want like new catnip mice oh it's just how it goes i know i know we're 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 animal parents and yeah you want to absolutely deserve everything yes they do so once again this has been a discussion with author karen white about her novel the house on britannia which was released here in the u.s on may 9th all right so new books as always i want to start with books you've heard us talk about before this time on our most anticipated releases of july episode the first book i'm going to mention is one that stacy is looking forward to and it's how to tame a wild rogue palace of rogues book six by julianne long this is historical romance I then have three thrillers. All of them are books that Melissa talked about. So we start out with Prom Mom by Laura Lipman. We then move on to Everyone Here is Lying by Sherry LaPena. And we then have One of Us is Back. This is the third book in the One of Us is Lying, also known as the Bayview High series, by Karen M. McManus. So these are books that you've heard us talk about before, but what about books we haven't already mentioned? I'm going to start with some romance. This is kind of romantic suspense with a little bit of paranormal. This is Secrets in the Dark. It's the second book in the Blackbird trilogy by Heather Graham, who writes historical romances under Shannon Drake, but I think is much more well-known as her um, more, conte- uh, more contemporary paranormal uh, pseudonym. And this is a spin-off of her Crew of Hunters series. Now, I have not personally read these, so I cannot say what would happen if you read this without having read the Crew of Hunters. Um, so definitely you know, do your own research as far as that's concerned. But this is Secrets in the Dark, Blackbird, book two, by Heather Graham. We then have The Little Village of Book Lovers. This is by Nina George. And this is a small town, like village romance set in France. Um, she, Nina George has written another book, um with a similar title to this, I want to say something like The Little Paris Bookshop. Um, And I think Kristen has read it and has really enjoyed it. But if you're looking for something that's, you know, going to really give you that book-loving feeling with all the charm of the bookstore, this might be what you're looking for. It is The Little Village of Book Lovers by Nina George. Now, what if you're looking for more historical romance? Well, then I have Not the Duke. This is Would-Be Wallflowers, book three, by Eloisa James. Eloisa James is one of the like classic historical romance authors of the modern time. So, you know, we've talked before about authors like Julie Garwood, um, Jude Devereaux, Judith McNaught and Joanna Lindsay, who kind of paved the way for the historical romance that we read and love today. And Eloisa James is one of those authors that I would say kind of follows in the footsteps of those four kind of big name powerhouses. 
So this is Not the Duke, Would-Be Wallflowers, book three, by Eloisa James. Moving on now to some fantasy, we have Griffin in Light. This is the first book in the Griffin series, and it's by Mercedes Lackey and Larry Dixon. Now, there is another Griffin series that was written years ago, which is like the White Griffin, the Black Griffin, and I want to say the Silver Griffin. Um, and I'm not sure how they relate to this, but it does still take place in the world of Valdemar. So you definitely want to consult like your series list to find out where in sort of the, the order of Valdemar reading this would go. But it is Griffin in Light, Griffin Book One by Mercedes Lackey and Larry Dixon. We also have The Weaver and the Witch Queen. This is Fantasy by Genevieve Gornacek. And I know that Kristen has talked about her before. I want to say either late 2021 or early 2022. Um, and these are fantasy with kind of that, I don't know, like a cross between what we expect from like contemporary fantasy where the world feels a lot like ours, but with sort of flashes of what I consider sort of high fantasy, like with, with parts of the medieval magic thrown in. So this is The Weaver and the Witch Queen by Genevieve Gornacek. Next up, we have Fractured Flowers. This is Night Queen, book three by Yasmin Gallinorn. This was originally planned to be a full-length novel and was shortened to a novella kind of on the longer end of the spectrum. But it is still considered to be book three in this series. And I am really, really enjoying this series. It has a bit more of an edge than some of the paranormal women's fiction that Gallinorn has been writing lately. And Lyrical, I just think, is a really fascinating character. So if you haven't read this series, I highly recommend starting from the beginning with Tattered Thorns moving on to Shattered Spells, and then picking up this one, which is Fractured Flowers, Night Queen, Book 3, by Yasmin Gallinorn. I now want to talk about some YA fantasy. This is House of Roots and Ruin, Sisters of the Salt, Book 2, by Erin A. Craig. Amber talked about the first book in this series when it came out back in like 2020, I believe. And I remember her saying that it was unlike a lot of other fantasy that she had read, um, that parts of it she really got into, parts of it you know, felt a little strange to her, but I know that it was a book that she enjoyed. And that one is House of Salt and Sorrow. But this one is House of Roots and Ruin, Sisters of the Salt, book two by Erin A. Craig. If you like mythological retellings, then this next book might be for you. This is A Game of Gods. This is the Hades Saga, book three, by Scar Scarlet St. Clair. Now this is sort of the second series she's written, kind of retelling the Hades and Persephone story. The first trilogy tells the story from Persephone's point of view while this one retells it from Hades' perspective. So this is the third book here, and it is A Game of Gods. 
And again, the series is called The Hades Saga, and it is by Scarlet St. Clair. Next up is Bonesmith. This is House of the Dead, book one, by Nikki Paupretto. I love, 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 love Nikki Paupretto. Um, her Crown of Feathers series is one of my very favorite YA fantasy series. I love the way she works with the Phoenix. So I was really excited to see that she had written um, the start of a new series. Unfortunately, this is not going to be a book for me because it is a very ghosty book. But if you are not bothered by ghosts and you loved Paupretto's writing in Crown of Feathers, then do check this out. This is Bonesmith. House of the Dead, book one, by Nikki Paupretto. The next book I'm going to mention is science fiction, um, but is still for young adults. And this is Lightbringer. It is Red Rising, book six, by Pierce Brown. I have read the first two Red Rising books and loved them a lot. I need to get current with this series because I know that... Um, he has done a lot in the subsequent books as far as like aging the characters, you know, coming like further in time. So I really need to get back into this. But this is Lightbringer, Red Rising, book six by Pierce Brown. Okay, how about now some mystery, thriller, suspense, right? We have You Can Die. Laurel Snow, book three, by Rebecca Zanetti. Rebecca Zanetti is pretty popular as far as the podcast goes. Um, her paranormal book, she's got a little bit of like sci-fi kind of thrown in, some post-apocalyptic stuff. But this is more straight up like police procedural, perhaps with romantic elements. Um, I think Mika read the first book in this series and did really like it. So this is You Can Die. Laurel Snow, book three, by Rebecca Zanetti. I now want to talk about I Did It For You. This is by Amy Engel. And it's a, the plot is not super different from things we've read before, but I am still pretty intrigued by it. So a woman returns to the town where her sister was murdered. And she discovers that there is a copycat on the loose, which is, of course, no good. So this is I Did It For You, and it's by Amy Engel. We also have Her Last Tear. This is Nikki Hunt, book seven, by Stacey Green. The first book in this series is The Girl in the Pink Shoes, which I have not read, but Brooke has. I have read and really liked a couple of this author's um, Delta Crossroads series books. There are three. I think I've read the first two. So I need to finish that series and then move on to this one. But this is um, a police procedural, which sometimes I am in the mood for. This is Her Last Tear, Nikki Hunt, book seven by Stacey Green. Speaking of police procedurals, I also want to tell you about the Shadow Girls. This is Natalie Lockhart, book four by Alice Blanchard. You have heard um, some about this author on the podcast before. 
Brooke is a big fan of this series and I think has also read um, some of, of Blanchard's other work, but I have not read any of them, although I do own the first three. So this one is Shadow Girls and it's Natalie Lockhart, book four by Alice Blanchard. I'm ending today with two kind of young adult mystery thrillers. First one is Their Vicious Games, and it is by Joelle Wellington. It is about a young woman who will do anything to regain her Ivy League acceptance. And she ends up entering this very secret sort of elite competition, which may or may not have deadly consequences. This is Her Vicious Games by Joelle Wellington. And lastly, I want to mention The Legacies by Jessica Goodman. This author has been writing some phenomenally dark and twisty YA thrillers. Um, the Counselors she wrote last year, and I really, really loved it. I am a big fan of like summer camp books. And I just thought that one was incredible. So I am looking forward to the legacies as well. So this once again is the legacies and it is by Jessica Goodman. And that my friends is all I have for you this week. I hope all of you are staying safe and well. And of course, as I always say, well read. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.